0: yourself? It's going
1: great. It's going great. Thanks for the invite. Thanks for being so flexible with my schedule and everything that I have going on and still willing to uh, do this with me. I really appreciate that.
0: No doubt. <clears throat> I was like, hey, I was looking I was like, I think I've seen that person before. <laughs> and I was like, wait, you're in this group? Okay. Hey, I think I'm meeting a celebrity. <laughs> well,
1: I receive it. I receive it. Thank you. <laughs> I receive it.
0: <laughs> awesome. So is it is it Snappa? It is got gotcha. you okay I was I was making sure I was like let me make sure I, I ask before i I'm sitting here calling you by the wrong name or referencing you by the wrong name and it's like that's not my name
1: no problem no problem at all got
0: gotcha. you so how, how was your week how are, how are things on your end
1: it's been going pretty good um just seeking to build my momentum up since my father has passed you know unexpectedly october mm. so it's it's been a slow climb but now I really feel like it's it's much better since gotcha. I'm you know putting things in perspective you know right. a lot of the business for him has been taken care of so now i'm really just getting my head you know back in the game 120 gotcha. you know yeah. when you're operating at like a 120 and then something knocks you down to mm-hmm. like i don't know i feel like i was at 50 40 percent you know right. now getting the, the momentum back up is what i've been really focused on since you know that happened
0: got gotcha. you sorry to hear that my my condolences
1: and thanks so much what about you how has your week and everything been going this quarter last quarter or this quarter
0: um These past two quarters have been very good considering, um, like we say, kind of what 2020 was. And I guess there's what it was and there's what it it wasn't eventually. But um, looking at the fourth quarter, the end of 2020, going into 2021, I I made the decision to kind of dust myself up, pick myself up and just start back podcasting and fall back in love with doing this thing and not get so consumed with what else was going on in the world or what other people were doing because... (laughs) the pandemic might have come and gone. And I would have been so locked into what I was doing, it wouldn't have really mattered. But the moment I'd started at at the beginning of the year to kind of back off and try to break consistency, could break my weekly output. It was just, I let in things like depression, let in things that really took away from what I'd already came to do. And even like all the episodes that I'm putting out now, I think I'd recorded them up through the start of January of 2020 and everything was almost basically lined up to have content every week of the year of 2020. And I was excited about that, but I kind of let that take over. Um, I kind of let that make me be complacent and let me me basically be like, okay, I can chill now. I've done enough. I went hard for three to four months like I really put in the work like just asking a lot of people if they wanted to be interviewed taking the time to interview them taking the time to study other people that interview and try to learn how to get better obviously get the equipment together learning that you can't or it's not smart to interview on the road while driving while multitasking it's like no multitasking isn't a thing so just cut that all together but being here now and to answer your question what's 20 what's the first quarter second quarter been like for me it's been good because I wrote out a plan and I worked it and I'm working it. I'm not trying to take on somebody else's things and even a group like the one we're in, Breathe University how I came across you. um, There are many good things that I've gotten from there and I joined other groups, but what I found is that I need to be in the group to have the community, but at the times when the activities and different things become distractions, it's okay for me to pull back and just work on what I need to work on because that's what I need to work on and I don't need to feel bad that I'm not at everybody else's thing because I was spending way too much time promoting other people. Like whenever somebody's coming out with a project, I was like, oh yeah, yeah, I'll get your book, I'll get this or I get that. And it's like, where's your thing? it's Mm -hmm. like, if I'm not putting the time into my project, the things that I care about, then it's gonna leave me empty at the end of the day. But basically. Didn't mean to go into a long tangent, but that
1: the power of saying no. You know, you definitely grasp that concept. It sounds like moving into twenty twenty one, end of twenty twenty, and now you're like walking in it. So that's that's pretty dope.
0: One hundred percent, and I think yeah, I like how you, you made it more succinct. It's essentially yes, the power of saying no. Not just the word no, but no to different situations, different people and being okay with it. And knowing that even as I'm saying no now, like some, a lot of people are going to be upset, but. I'd rather be upset. You be upset with me now than me be upset with myself later, because it's like you can be upset with me now, but we're going to get over it. We're going to get through it. Like I'll tell you no, and I may or may not explain, but that's up to you to decide whether you're going to let me drive your happiness or unhappiness. And if that's what you want to do, that that's completely your choice. That's
1: right. I love it. I love it.
0: But um, one question I've, I've been asking or I like to ask to really drive the conversation is to say, who do you say you are? Who
1: do I say? I say I am I say I am a vibrant, humble, authentic superstar who transforms individuals through my music and genuine personality.
0: Mm, I love it. I love it. A vibrant individual superstar. Authentic. Authentic
1: authentic superstar. Mm. Authentic is so key. And, you know, ET talks a lot about authenticity. Mm -hmm. And um, that's, you know, really huge for, you know, for me.
0: Right. Why why is that so important for you? And how did you um, how or when? Did you kind of come into your own to say, okay, this is me, red hair, don't care? Like, I'm wearing me, and that, that's what I'm going to do.
1: You know, I was always the kid that had the vibe, all the different color jelly bracelets, the neon, sh- you know, shirt with the orange converse, a green converse. You know, I was that kid that liked being who I was and not really afraid. So I think this has started in childhood. Mm. You know, my mom had me in a lot of activities, you know, growing up in a lot of artsy activities. So I had an opportunity to be molded into creativity. This was like, I feel like inked in my DNA. So from childhood, Mm -hmm. I was able to be myself. You know, she let me do those different types of things with the colors and the lines, you know, in your hair in high school, all that kind of stuff. So I don't think I was ever really afraid of being myself because that's what I wanted to do. And I didn't like being like everybody else. Mm -hmm. You know, I didn't want, to blend in, you know, everything is beige or everything is that one color. I I want to be the one that I want to do, you know, orange hair or, you know, bright pink, whatever. I was going to do that and just be the one to stand out who cared what you thought.
0: Right, I like that. The, um, so so I guess for you, it, it wasn't really a point of like, oh, um, something had to happen for you to embrace being yourself. Like you didn't mind standing out. You didn't mind just being like, okay, I'm, I'm me and I'm proud of it. Like I'm what may opportunities or no opportunity. I'm just going to walk in who I am. Yeah. I really like that yeah we need i guess it's it's people like you that really encourage the other people maybe like myself in the past that have been a little bit more reserved and not reserved in the sense of saying what you wear but like reserved in my thinking thinking that okay well maybe you're not supposed to ask this or maybe you're not supposed to have this based on whatever it is you i grew up hearing or seeing other people do or not do but I, I definitely applaud you for for standing on your own two feet and not, not feeling a need to kind of compromise who it is that you are.
1: Thanks a lot. You can You're be welcome. a little scary, you know, sometimes because you feel like you might be in it by yourself, but then you, the more you continue to walk in it, I mm-hmm. think you start attracting those people that have that same, you know, likeness about themselves and right. realize that it's a lot easier because at the end of the day, you have to be able to look in the mirror or sit with yourself and be happy or feel good about those choices and decisions for what you're doing you know right. we're all work in progress and we continue to grow every day mm-hmm. there's no perfect person but with that we have to continue to be okay with our choices and when we wake up the things that we're doing every day how how we feel what we put on you know that speaks to our spirit i think it's very important to honor that about yourself and know that that's what matters the most because mm-hmm. you're you know when you lay down it's it's you when you're in your car you know it could be it's just you when you you're in the shower and you're having those thoughts in your head and you're, you know, going through your morning routine. It's just
0: you. Right. That's a great, that's a great point. And I guess, is that something that kind of led you into music, like creating music and and that?
1: You know, I grew up in a musical household. Uh, my dad could play every instrument out there. He was a really skilled mu- musician. Uh, my brother's oldest brother was in a band. You know, my third brother was dancing in the performing arts. You know, my fourth brother is an actor, singer, you know, so i feel like it was it's part it's, it's in my dna once again and as a kid i would listen to a Sound pepper roxanne Shantae, you know utfo <laughs> All of those. And I was like, man, I really like this. And I used to just write in my journal and dance and listen to it and sing along with it. And I used to like to write. And my dad would tell me as I was growing up as a kid that I was a really good writer. So I just, you know, fell in love with it. I saw those women. I thought they were so powerful Queen Latifah, MC Light, Miss Melody, um, Moni Love. You know, Mm -hmm. these were all of my influences. And I was like, okay, I can do this. This is what I really want to do. You know? Yeah. Well, that's kind of like where it started. Gotcha
0: so what so from there where, where is it gone
1: wow it has taken a roller cur- roller coaster ride it really has uh starting from there you know oh. i was oh. a rapper in high school when I was like for over 10 10 years
0: wait go and go back for a second I'm, I'm sorry i think my video might have froze up but okay. you so it was right at the question i didn't i didn't catch anything right after i just asked you the question
1: okay well it's been a roller co- a roller coaster ride right um for me i'm gonna say just starting high You know, there was no map Mm. in it in the very beginning. And being in high school, you know, rapping and you know, being connected to people I was growing up with, the word was getting out, that I was, you know, a rapper and I was pretty good, Hmm. so I was being connected to people people were plugging me into camps, so you go to a camp and you connect and you hang out with the producer so that's what I was doing, I was going to a basement you know, uh, where it first started, which was Lowes Town Productions Callington Road, the bottom of Carlos Mama House, it was me, him, and this producer named Jap, and I was just over there, and we were just, I don't know, writing rhymes and doing you know beats and stuff like that and that was the very first time he tried to write a rap for me he's like hey i'm gonna write this for you and i want you to you know rap this and i was like okay Mm. so when he when he did it and he gave it to me i was like okay i was like i can't i can't do this i gotta be able to write my own stuff so that's when that started so growing in it it's just it was no map so i was being connected by people and staying at parking at a couple of camps you know at at different camps in atlanta working with other musicians and producers and whatnot and just learning, I guess, the ropes as I went along.
0: Right, right. Okay.
1: I didn't really have anybody helping me out with personal development. Mm-hmm. So I think that is one of the things that, you know, I didn't have, but so far as honing in on my craft and my skill, mm-hmm. I was, you know, I was getting a lot of, you know, feedback in that. And that was what I primarily focused on. Gotcha. Let's like, Fast forward, um, nine or 10 years, I started to feel like, okay, I got connected with the producer and we were working on uh, what was going to be like my first single. It was going really well. I submitted, uh, I guess, like a, I wrote to uh, the publisher of the classical music, the publishing company. Right. To- if they would clear me to sample just a small sample for the hook for the course. So when that was denied, I just kind of like broke down and was like, this must not be for me. I've been doing mm-hmm. this for over 10 years. And finally, you know, this, this must not be it. Maybe yeah. God is going to tell me something that I need to pull back or something. Right. So a promoter that I was working with was saying, you know, well, snap you could just come on out and just get sued, you know, and just keep on going. And at that time, I was like, I didn't know any better. And I really felt like that was the worst thing to come out and it's to be in the red, meaning I'm going to be having to pay somebody and I don't even have a deal yet, you know, or I'm mm-hmm. independent, you know, nothing. So I just pulled back, I shut down and I kind of like stopped. I just was angry, frustrated. I was like, you know, just forget this. This is, this is not for me. Mm-hmm. Went to grad school. Uh, I was already working with kids that have behavior challenges and I went to grad school to create my own poetry program for those, you know, for that group. Right. And that's where I started shifting. And I realized that, you know, the poetry program, So once I started going to grad school, I was like, okay, um, I I was enjoying it, but I knew something just wasn't all the way there. You know, I was missing something. Something was not really inside. You know, my husband at the time, I don't think we had married uh, yet. We we were married when I was in grad school, but right when we married, you know, he supported me 100 percent. He really did. So it was just me feeling like, okay, I'm starting to get a little older. Is this, you know, maybe I need to just pull back. Fast forward, while I was there, I was like, okay, let me just go for a PhD. You know, let me just go ahead and knock this PhD out, or this is something that I really can see myself doing. Mm -hmm. So I asked him, I said, you know, what what about us moving to California? What do you think about that? And I said, some really dope schools out there. I've been looking at their developmental psych programs. They got some really great professors that I might be able to, you know, study under blah, blah, blah. He was like, I've always wanted to live in California. What? Let's do it. I was like, OK. So we didn't <laughs> tell anybody. We didn't tell anybody. We shared this with my brother who, were all, who was already living out here because he was already living out here. And yeah. I thought that he might be able to help us. He didn't even think we were serious at first. So we, t- we mentioned it to him. And when we started selling our stuff, we moved out of a place we were renting in Villarica because it was really, really crazy out there. And we got an apartment for seven months and said, okay, we're going to do this lease for seven months. And no matter what, when our lease is up, we're going to California. And He was like, okay, let's do it. So we started praying and fasting. And then things started happening opposite of what we thought it was going to be. My car got stolen, mm. you know. It was crazy. And the money that the money that was used in the settlement of the car was actually what we had to come to California. It was really, really amazing. And we left, moved out here, still didn't really have in my mind that I was going to do music. But in the back of my mind, I felt like, you know what, if I'm going to do it, that's going to be my opportunity. So let me just see how it goes. And when I got out here, I did an open mic. I started um, going to like a a community group that allowed, you know, people in the community to come for like um, a spiritual uh, type of gathering, or you know, you just come and you express and you can share. And it was really, really dope. At uh, it was called Street Poets, and there I started. I still felt like I was kind of connected because part of part of the, uh, I, I guess part of that session, you had, they give you a topic or a sentence or you read something and you just wrote for a certain amount of time and you spoke what you wrote. And I was like, okay, but still hadn't made the decision, but I knew something was missing in my life. And pretty much I started sharing with my husband that I was really, really just unhappy. I was really depressed when we were out here. I wasn't, didn't feel like I was doing what I was supposed to have been doing, you know, and started started following et when i was in grad school but we really plugged into him in like 2016 2017 because we were struggling in our marriage it was really really rough and we started looking at the thank god i'm married on youtube and then that's when we started learning about the organization what he was doing then went to the 2018 take control in san fran and that is when it really became clear that I wasn't walking in it, but I reached out to ET on Instagram. God had put it in my spirit. I sat there with it for a minute. I was like, okay, Lord, I was sitting on the couch, you know, in our place in uh, Corona. And I was just crying. I was like, you know, what is it? What am I supposed to be doing? And then all of a sudden, I just hear this thought in my mind, my, in my spirit, you know, reach out to ET. And I was like, yeah, right. You know, I was like, <laughs> I was like, of all things, God, you're telling me, to reach out to this man all these followers as huge as he is please so i didn't do it right away i just sat there and i was wallowing in my you know self-pity feeling like you know how we get on you know start that pity party in ourselves and then i heard it again and i said okay i'm gonna do it and i reached out and then he responded back and i was like oh my god you know, this has to be you. This has to be you. You know, those <laughs> no, no signs. This has to be you. So I did it. And the message is, you know, final response was, it sounds like to me, you know what you're supposed to be doing. My question to you is, why aren't you doing it? And then I was like, OK. And from there, that is when we went to the conference and, you know, all of that. And I was like, OK. And my husband, I, you know, I shared it with him and he was like, OK, if that's what you want to do. Let's come up with the plan, and we started from there. It was a series of steps that finally got me to being able to quit my part-time job and really get back in the game and pursue it full-time.
0: Right, man, that's good. The um, I guess can you can you still hear me all right?
1: I can hear you perfectly.
0: Okay, cool. The that's amazing. So from from the time you started in the music, that was back in your teenage years getting going around and kind of doing that without a map or anything and then as it evolved into adulthood you didn't really you still didn't see a clear path with it so then from there you went to like college grad school and the works did i get that part right
1: yeah that's right
0: Gotcha. and it's funny i i find it funny because it seems like a lot of things must have changed in 2016 because that's right around the same time that I found ET. Well, I think I, I, ran, I came across his videos and stuff in 2013, but I decided to join like the brief university group in 2016. And it was in one of those, again, just in a rough situation where it's just work environment, super negative. Um, the Just like with quality of people, I guess you would say, like nothing wrong with people in general, but it's just like the quality of people you're around really has a big effect on your um, day to day, where it's like the negativity and everything really eats away at you if you let it.
1: It does. And I knew that when I was in grad school, it was no way that I was going to be able to work on music for those 2 years it was just mm. absolutely no way sleep deprivation was the norm you know right. so it was it was unheard of i had done one other performance right i think while i was in the program it was something really big and i really felt like that i was going to win this competition but the prize would have been to work with the label that i don't felt like would have put me that would have promoted me in the way of where my music was, you know, cause that's where the, the, the spiritual stuff had started transitioning, you know, started really taking hold in my life. So I just knew I had to make that choice at that time, but I felt like it was relative, but yet I still, you know, what's in you is going to come out, you know, and right. what right. you're destined to do is no way you're going to be able to suppress it. So for sure.
0: Nice. So I guess since then, did you, um, you obviously went back into the music, I guess, after the two years of, of uh, graduate school?
1: Yeah, I started, well, after the Take Control, um, then we joined Breve University, December, I wanna say 2018. Okay. Yeah, is when we joined. And from there, it's been, you know, that is when we started, it started really just the whole development process.
0: Got you.
1: Yeah. And
0: then, did you start YouTube then? Or
1: we actually started our YouTube channel in 2016, 20, no twenty seventeen. Okay. So we were totally clueless about it. So my it was my husband's you know baby. He was the one that said, "Hey, let's do YouTube." I was like, "Okay, let's do YouTube." You know, <laughs> what do you want me to do? What do we need to do? So we just started it and and did not know. That that was part of, you know, part of our mission, what God has ordained, you know, part of what or well, I was going to say ordained, but part of what he wants us to do in the marriage, in the marriage community is right. to enhance, you know, others lives through, you know, media right. and show them that God is cool, that, you know, God is real, but also to add humor and love and growth to other people's lives, whether they're married or not, but I know specifically for marriage people. So we started doing reaction videos. Our first video was Stranger Things. We love the sci-fi stuff. Yeah. And we weren't really serious. So we, we were doing stuff here and there, took a step back. And then I guess he was doing more of the research. and was like, okay, I think we should really get serious. We really need to do this. So we did, and we just kept wi- you know stuck with it. And all of a sudden we started picking videos that really started going up there and then people were commenting y'all need your own show you know you guys are hilarious you know blah blah mm-hmm. blah. and i was like okay you know we might be on something here you know <laughs> yeah awesome and it's been up up it's been you know a, a roller coaster ride i would say just in regards of learning like a learning curve but we really enjoy it so now we're really promoting the life with SIBO and Snappa, the couples channel as okay. well as picking back up with uh Snapple red, you know,
0: TV. I like it. The um, it, it's funny, I, I guess I maybe mentioned briefly, or I, in messaging you and earlier um, that like reaction videos, they seem to be a thing that kind of came up right around that time, 2016, 2017 and like more and more popular, different people reacting to different shows and things like that. And I found a couple of of different channels. I'd be like, okay, I'm curious what this person says or this person is like, it kind of plays on the people's personality if like they laugh at the things you laugh at, like how they present themselves. And like, I came across your video and your husband's and I was like, huh, it seems like a cool couple. And like, whenever you guys just kind of responded and reacted to it, I was like, I like that. I like their energy and I like their, um, I just like their energy. And I didn't go too far digging because I think it was either I was procrastinating (laughs) watching a lot of the reaction videos. So I was like, okay, that's enough. I watched and then um, I need to go do my thing to where I don't get so bitter watching other people's stuff. And I'm like, why are they saying this? Like, well, they're saying that because that's what resonates with them. And you need to do your own thing to find what resonates with you. And when I just happened to Come across your profile or something that you said. I was like, "Wait, is that? No, is it?" And I was like, "Maybe." But well, then asking the question, it's like, "Hey, you never know unless you ask." And lo and behold, being able to to speak now is um, it's a great thing. But it, it's good to hear. I really like to hear the story behind what you see because a lot of times it's like with me whether I'm on Facebook or Instagram or something else, it just seems like I'm watching a highlight reel Mm -hmm. and I never get to learn the real people behind that I'm seeing. It's like, okay, you see somebody on camera. I think I started posting some of these on YouTube and my mom was like, Oh, I ran into your thing on YouTube. And it's like, To some people, it's like if you're on YouTube, regardless of how many views or how much stuff your things have been viewed, it's accessible. So it's like, oh, you're big time. It's like, no, I'm just starting. It's like I'm understanding how things work in the background to where it's like you put something on a platform and then it can be watched and shared. And um, I guess I said all that to say it's good like having this conversation and getting to know you because it's like, Of course, you're a human, but it humanizes you to be able to um, speak in this way and not, um, not just operate on a preconceived notion of like, okay, like at Snappa, she's in rap or she's an artist and she must be like this. It's like, no, let me not make assumptions because, like, they taught us in school, like, assumptions only do certain things. It makes you and me look. um, like donkeys, I guess I would say. It. Yeah, I got I don't, you. Right,
1: I know what you're saying. Most definitely. And, uh, you know, I feel like as we continue, you know, to go along the journey, you know, helping people along the way is what it's really about, you know, planting those seeds of, you know, being human, you know, being the, uh, you know, authentic, genuine, you know, superstar, as I was telling you, is that, you know, what I really want to be able to do, help the ones that want to be helped, you know, plant those seeds, be able to give back to the community and and youth. I really love, you know, working with youth and their families, also being a resource for education educators and people in the community when it comes to problematic youth and how they're able to be able to express themselves in a positive way through the arts, through music, through painting, but also get in there and let them know that, you know, it's a different way. Sometimes we have to deal with, you know, children, you know, urban children and everything, you know, like that. But YouTube is a great way to be able to connect with so many people. It really, really is. It really is.
0: That's awesome. (laughs) I feel like I, I hit the uh, the teaching jackpot this past weekend because last week I spoke with um, a professor, a history professor, that's a uh, brother I met through the, uh, the men's prayer line. And earlier before talking with you, I, I spoke with um, Miss um, Carla Ogletree, okay. and I, I met her through brief university or like I knew of her through there. And just recently I, I'd finally reached out and I was like, Hey, would you, would you be open to just having a conversation? She's like, sure. So he booked it and I'm always. Um, I'm, I'm always encouraged by teachers and I'm always thankful to them because I'm like man thank you for doing what you do because it's like without teachers the world wouldn't really be anywhere like we wouldn't know the things that people know like you have geniuses but then you have geniuses that are able to show someone else how to become a genius in their own right and I think that that goes a little bit further like I'm not gonna get into pay and different things like that but it's just like thank you for doing the service
1: almost oh, definitely and I really think the most Most influential, you know, people are the ones that really are genuine from the heart, you know, that really have a passion for what they do. And no matter how much money they make, they're going to be great at it because this is what they love, you know, in any field, but especially education, because you're dealing with other people's children, other people's upbringings, you know, you're having to deal with, you know, their seed. And I just feel like it's, it's not something that you're in it for the money, it's you're in it for or the true desire. Most, you know, I give educators the benefit, every every last one of them the benefit of the doubt. You know, I know some are more organized than others, but I must say I've never met a sorry teacher. You know, sometimes I would be in the store and I would hear parents in line in the grocery store and I used to be quick to jump in and, and take up for uh, an educator because parents, you know, only going to look from one lens and then right. you look and then an educator, you have all of these roles that they're playing when they're right. in the classroom, not even running realizing what's what has taken place from the kids time for they were they left you and then they're back with you you know so I stand up for them I stick up for them and say you know how many times did you go up to the school just to give the teacher kudos how many Mm. emails did you send just to thank the person or that communication piece did you volunteer did you go on a field trip you know so
0: yeah yeah I think if 2020 didn't teach any any of us anything I think it definitely is teaching people to be more appreciative of teachers it's like (laughs) I kind of get those kids eight hours of the day out of your hands. Didn't forget about that, did you? That's right. But whenever you said there's no sorry teachers, I was kind of like questioning myself. I was like, ah, because (laughs) it's like, oh, no, it's like I could probably count on my hand three teachers that I had throughout elementary school, high school and college. And I think the teachers that I ran into that you could quote unquote classify as sorry was because of the way in which they showed up to the class, like from day one one where it's like they let you know they were going to be not the best or sorry like essentially I could think back to my mechanics professor um, where she kind of showed up with the idea that we're in an hour and a half class and she's going to just tell us about her background for 45 minutes and then try to teach the last 30 minutes of the class or the, the last out half hour of the class and it's like people have kids people are paying for this course and we're not going to disrespect you by cutting you off or anything but it's like you're choosing to come here and tell us stories, which do nothing for us. It's like, great. I'm glad you worked for that company. I'm glad you did this. I'm glad you did that. I'm glad you got all these accolades, but you're not teaching us the material we're paying you to teach. And then when people are getting upset that your tests are not fair, your tests aren't clear, you didn't teach us anything. And then you didn't tell us what it is that we'd be tested on and you're not meeting the curriculum. So like now you're getting pressure from the school because you're not meeting the requirements and you're getting pressure from the students because you're not educating us. You're coming in here just telling us about your life. It's like, I mean, we can like you. We want to relate to you. But like, you're not balancing the time that you have on hand. And it's like, oh, okay. So you were so great and this thing and that thing. And they didn't want to keep you? I can't imagine why. But... (laughs) But I, I say that not to just fire shots, but to your point, it's like, consider all the things that the teachers have to go through. And then another teacher was like a PhD um, statistics professor that I had. And they were like, right off the bat, she was like, um, she just graduated with her PhD from the same college. And she wanted us, she told us she wanted us to suffer the way that she suffered. And it's like, okay, that's a weird introduction.
1: <laughs> the,
0: the first test, half of the class, no, the average on the, Test out of 150 students is a 50. Oh, you're telling me that nobody but maybe one or two people made A's and everybody failed. So now you're asking us for feedback. People start giving feedback uh, like a, a big classroom. People start giving feedback and it's like, no, 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 I don't want that. No, no, no. It's like you just asked for feedback and now you're getting the feedback you don't like. So then you're getting ready to cuss out. People It's like, whoa, whoa, this has nothing to do with your race. This has nothing to do with what happened to you graduate school this is a class you're supposed to be teaching to as an introductory class this is like the first statistics class and then you're in here going on about oh we should go through the same pain that you went through it's like I don't this is economics this isn't history this isn't that but that at least those two I would consider for me personally I was like they weren't the best but we got through it got over it some reason they still occupy space in my head but I've got to deal with that on my own I get it
1: yeah no worries I understand
0: completely for sure so
1: how are you in the YouTube space. You have, a, you have a YouTube channel?
0: I do, but I'm not putting any focus on it right now. One thing I started doing, working with um, my friend Donald that helps me with the editing, at the start of April, no, the start of March, we started um, editing the videos to at least match the audio that goes out. And he put like an intro on it like he did us for these. And my focus in getting back into podcasting this year is just pick one platform which is Instagram. And I'm focusing on just learning it and working on getting it monetized. So I figure once I spend three to six months on Instagram and really spend that time on it to get it right, I'll transition over to YouTube once because I figured the video aspect would go well with it. And then learning, like one thing I learned is like, OK, how do you put the timestamps in the videos to where I would see people's videos? And I was like, oh, that's cool. I can jump to right there and I can see what topics are here and what I can learn from it. And I started doing that just trying to pick out a teaser clip to share on Instagram to get people interested in the episode and just be like, hey, here's a little bit about this person or here's a little bit about what we talked about. But the short answer is my YouTube is is non-existent in the sense of like I'm not really putting the time into it. So if you look up my name or it's my time podcast on YouTube, you'll see a lot of like the raw footage where it's just like no edits just there. I may have like cut off part of the beginning where it's like shuffling around trying to find this or trying to find that. But I was like, hey, maybe. They say a friend of mine, Catherine, she says version one is better than version none. So get it out there and keep it moving. And along the way, it's like lots changed. And I can look back at the very first video and just be like, we're learning, we're growing and we're keeping it moving.
1: That's right. No worries at all. You're doing great. I really like too, I was going to tell you, I really like you know what you're doing. I, I had a chance to look at your website as well and I screenshot it. You know what um, you were saying about this is me. I created this platform to remind myself that I am not what others say I am. I am who I say I am, and so are you. I thought that was pretty dope. I like the fact that you, you know, are highlighting people um, from different areas, different backgrounds. You got one of my favorite two people on here, Married Into Crazy. I was listening to that on (laughs) podcast. You know, they're pretty, pretty dope doing a lot of big things in their community and our Brave University community and just, you know, as, as a married person and for married people, you know, in general, I think, you know, they're really dope. And when I was listening to their podcast, I was like, okay, this is really good. But you also have other, you know, individuals on there from different backgrounds that you know, let you highlight. So I thought that yeah. was really good. And you also say, you know, what's in it for a person, why they're coming here, you know, and not to get you talking about your podcast and what you bring to the table. And I thought that was pretty dope.
0: Thank you. Yeah. It's, it's funny. I, I feel like I rewrote that at the start of this year, just getting back into podcasting, because I started I I started putting out the first episode and getting them out weekly back October 2019. And then I, I stopped at February of 2020 with everything going on, but I can't really blame it on everything that went on because I decided in my mind beforehand, as things were kind of unraveling, like I purposely stopped and I wanted to stop partially because I was picking up and juggling too many things. And that's why in starting back this year, I was like, focus on one thing, one platform, because it's in being in BU, being on the all the different calls I was like I'm doing way too many things they're all good but they're not good right now and something that was highlighted to me through a different group more so focused on business creation entrepreneurial um, endeavors and really what it is that you should be doing um, with I guess before it was called Sleepless Nights with Dave Shands and now it's the morning meetup still with Dave Shands and I met him obviously through Brieve University but the one thing that he said at the start of March is like he titled each month for different focuses and to let the people know, okay, one, we're, we're having a reading group, like the first 15 minutes of the call every morning, Monday through Friday, we'll go over the book, a chapter in it that we read. And then the other 45 minutes, we're going to either speak to someone or have someone highlight the topic of the day or the topic of this month. So January was the millionaire mindset where each week you'd have a millionaire friend of his or someone that he's interviewed previously on his podcast and have them talk about their background, he do like an impromptu podcast and then also um, be able to, and asking them questions, leave time at the end of the call for people that are on the call to ask him questions, ask the guest questions. And then I think with that, I started reading The Richest Man in Babylon, and then it went to reading The Slight Edge. And then I think the third book was The One Thing, which is where I left off last year before I was like, oh, shutting everything down. I'm not participating anymore. I'm just going to go. The world wants to shut down, so I'm going to shut down. So um, in picking up this year, I was like, oh, one thing again. So perfect opportunity for me to finish the book that I started and also not just finish reading it, but apply what I'm reading. Because it's like, what do they say? Knowledge not applied is not knowledge at all. It's just stuff that's in your head or things, things you've read. But I said all that to say, um, think you asked me a question. <laughs> oh, no, I, I said all that to say um, what you're seeing on the website was me basically refocusing this year and saying, okay. I know I started it before, but let me pick up where I left off and just look back at everything, making sure that me wanting to do this has some validity to it. Like I have a stronger why as to what it is that I'm doing. I know what I want to do is the podcast and I know why I want to do it and then how I'm going to do it. That's going to be figured out. But so long as I'm good on the first two, the third one's going to make sense. And that's where I operated from. So I was like, let me go back to the website and look at it. It's like some things don't seem like they quite work. And then I remembered, Okay, what are the things last like? I thought to myself, 2020 wasn't a complete waste. There are places I went, people I talked to and of all the things they told me, what's one or two things I can implement to actually have it work and function as it's supposed to. And I remember somebody saying that obviously, if you're going to have a website or a podcast, like your website should have sound, it should have audio. Mm -hmm. So then I was going back through, obviously trying to correct my budget and be like, why did I Subscribe to this or why do they do this? And I was like, why am I paying this much for SoundCloud? Why why did I even subscribe? And then I was like, oh, that's why, because the website's only compatible with SoundCloud. And then I went through kind of tinkering and it was like, okay, like it can play music automatically. And it's like, obviously, somebody can shut it off if they don't want to hear it. But at least that, whether when you get on the website and you start scrolling, you'll hear like the introduction, which is from my friend Donald. And I was like, okay, that will get somebody's attention. Putting the little graphic on there, if you see it on your, on your computer, it'll play. But on the phone, it'll just be like a steel so the video can load. But that came from a conversation with a friend in 2020 or either 2019 or 2020. But it was just something that I found funny. And I was like, oh, this is interesting. Asking the question, who do you say you are? And having the response, well, I'm a man, obviously. <laughs> and then I was like, okay. And then he just expressed it. But it's like, that's from somebody that I know through the prayer line that's someone that i know um that i've met over the years or've come to know over the years but the more and more he's speaking he's speaking to who he is as a person he's speaking to what he, what it is that he does and I was like I, I like how that fit and that fit into the mission that i set out to accomplish but to your point thank you for reading that and thank you for the compliment because really when i was going through all this what i just said those are the thoughts that i wanted to not only share but that's what what I wanted to remind myself every time I go there to edit, because it's like, regardless if I edit a little bit here, like write a big paragraph trim the fat, like you said, you have that perfectionist mentality. It's like, it's not always going to be perfect, but at least be clear on your intent and do the best to communicate what your intent is. So I appreciate that compliment coming from you. And I'm just like, yes, one person got it. They said they got it and I met my mission.
1: Yeah, that's great. Most definitely.
0: So, um, so, so now, okay, let me, I know you said, um, you lost your father last year in 2020. Oh, uh-oh, somebody popped in there. <laughs>
1: <was> my husband.
0: <laughs> I was like, uh-oh, sure. we got a glimpse at the <laughs> other half. <laughs> I was going to say, I know you mentioned earlier that 2020, you did have a loss, the loss of your father, but one question that I would, and I don't mention that to just gloss over it, but um, as I reflected on last year and I looked at what I'm going to do different this year, I'd like to ask you the question, what's something you gained from 2020? Well,
1: Hmm, what did I gain from 2020? A lot. I gained a lot of things in 2020. You know, just being able to change my mindset and, and and growth. You know, more development, seeing myself. You know, for who I was and the things that I needed to improve on to be. You know, what I'm working towards. Um, I gained. You know, that I really, really. You know, supported my dad and I. I did a lot of all, all that I knew how to do. Me and my brothers. You know, Mm -hmm. we all did a pretty good job at trying to take care of, you know, elderly parents and one having to transition into a nursing home because my mom could no longer take care of him and he wasn't able to take care of himself. So I learned, you know, a lot about myself and my tenacity and what I was willing to do to really, you know, try to make it easy for him, you know, as possible and encourage him just strength. So I think I gained a lot of insight as to who I was and the things that I liked and the things that I felt like I can improve improved on and the things that I really didn't feel like were me operating at a higher level of myself.
0: Mm, that's good. I guess, is he going to join you?
1: No, he's got to go back to the car. One <laughs> more <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'm
1: like, brother, get it together. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh, this is us though. This is us for real. Yeah, that's good. It's funny um, because I, I guess sometimes, obviously, it's like whenever you're, you're recording from home, you'll have somebody maybe from time to time come in or something like that. And I know with a few friends and uh, previous guests in the past, like maybe their their kid has popped into the frame or something. And I was like, oh, no, it's okay. Like, we can edit it out later if you want or we can just leave it in because I'm like, in highlighting you, that's, that's your life. That's part of you. So it's like everything doesn't need to be so dressed up. Up and buttoned up and like seeing that somebody's a parent, seeing that somebody's married, seeing that somebody is um whatever they are, whatever they have that's in their life. That's that's important. And I I value that. So I I um
1: that's the perfectionist in me. You know, that's
0: that perfect,
1: you know. Yeah, that, that thing is so embedded, I must say, Asher. I really that is one of the things that I'm really working at as not having everything to be perfect. And I know right. he knows, Ryan knows, yeah. I get it earnestly about. My mom, I, right. see, I see me in her and I, and she does me the same way. She just, just can't, you know, can't help it about right. certain things. And one thing's to be a certain way. You got to do it this way. It's going to be yeah. over here. You know, I
0: mean, There's nothing wrong with that. I, and I guess the, um, I know you, you mentioned kind of like this being a C earlier, and um, I'm sure for people that have seen this, they may or may not. But I guess sometimes I, I like to go in with the assumption that somebody's seeing or hearing something for the first time. So I provide context. I know that probably comes from like the DISC assessment, which you may be familiar with being in uh, Breathe University. And that's something that I saw for the first time in 2018 through Chris Daniels. And I was able to kind of talk with him briefly before he passed. And like I went through it. did the extreme execution training at the end of 2019, start of 2020. And that's one of those extra things I decided to put on my plate. And I was like, okay, I want to do this thing. And like, I've I valued the information, but something that I've learned since then by doing a different training is that, but it's still in the same line of like you take the disc, but there's actually two more parts to it that touch on why you do certain things that you do and what it is that you choose to do, like in what order you do it. And I think some people, if, if they're not taught disc correctly, they see whether it's being a perfectionist or being one way or another, they see it as like something bad or something negative because it's spoken to as something. Negative. It's like anything you do, whether it's a strength or weakness can become a strength can become a weakness in the wrong environment. And it's like, I think it's important that you acknowledge what you have and who you are and learn to embrace it, learn where it works. And like you said, learning to turn it down or turn it up because there's nothing wrong with being a perfectionist because how do we get, for instance, like great rap songs or great artists or people like that is people that really wanted that thing perfect because it's like when something is isn't just right, you can tell. Like people look at Michael Jackson, they look at different things like that, like hard background growing up. I'm sure perfection is doing all the rehearsals as a young kid over and over and over. It's like, I'm sure there were bad parts of it, but the thing people showed up for was for that end result. So I just wanted to say that to yourself because I, I feel like I like what how the disc was presented, but one, I kind of sat with it a little bit and the conversations I keep hearing people and the way different people. Express where like I don't know if if you were were you introduced to it when it was um when Chris Daniels brought it up with the animals and all that Mm -hmm. so it's like you have for the disc obviously it's D-I-S-C and the D was for like how you deal with problems and how he mentioned it was like the gorilla so a lot of people were like oh I want to be the gorilla I want to be the king of the jungle and it's like everybody can't be the gorilla and it's like obviously you have the flamingo that's for the eye the sociable how you interact with people Mm -hmm. and people were like oh i want to be this i want to be that or i'm not that and then you had the chameleons which i feel like the s and the c's they got like a bad rap because they're more introverted and i feel like the extroverts kept dogging out the introverts for being introverts but it's like you are who you are if everybody's exactly the same then there'd be no uniqueness there's nothing that we can all enjoy so i think and also kind of the thing that gets missed in translation or lost in translation it's like you're not a letter you're not an animal you're not. Whatever it is that somebody else may come up with, like you're yourself. Mm -hmm. How you decide to show up in the world is based on however you grew up, your paradigms, however you view the world. And that changes. Just because you took a test, it's only a snapshot of you in that moment taking that test. You can change any kind of way. Anybody that tells you that you can't change, ask them, okay, what age am I now? I'm not still a baby. I'm not still 21. I'm not still, like, you changed over that time. Yeah, what you have going on in your brain, has certain things hardwired but I think the better you understand how you became a certain way Mm -hmm. and you understand not only how you show up because that's what DISC represents it's like how you deal with people problems pacing and procedures that's all it tells you but it doesn't tell you why or what it is that you do because different people are motivated for different reasons and just Mm -hmm. because somebody's motivated by money they may not be motivated by aesthetics they may not be motivated by people they might be motivated to just solve the problem or get all the information they can get to solve a problem. And I think that's what is kind of missed. And I I hope that I think at least with your background and your experience, I think you're able to kind of read between the lines. But I feel bad for too many people. Like one person I heard on a call, they were like, oh, I'm I'm, I'm a D, I'm a D. I, 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 I know, I know, I know. It's like, that's not you. And it's okay, that's not you. But I think someone told you wrong in saying that being this is good and being the other one is not good. It's like, no, everything's relevant. Relative. you are who you are and that's good that's great like, yeah. I, like I mean yeah. i
1: can definitely, uh, agree with you and i was going to say i think one thing i like about the way et highlights is that everybody has superpowers and once you realize right. what your superpower is you can go you know and right, right. what your superpower is is not necessarily my superpower but that's your lane right. it? and i think perfectionism is great especially when it comes to me as an artist mm-hmm. you know i know i'm going to stay that way forever right. and sometimes i'm in the studio i just have to tell myself okay i'll just do two or three takes. i am like, okay, this is the this is it. I'll see which one I like out of the three. Cause I'll keep mm-hmm. going to change it up and I'm like, I'm wasting too much time. All so right. if- as an artist, perspective, whatever your craft is, I think it should be the best. My mindset yeah. is to be best, number, right. not number two, number one. Right. So that's the work ethic that I have. However, when it comes to other things like, and sometimes in home duties, you know, being married, it's just not going to be that way. You know, <laughs> one person is the neat freak; the other person is like, "Where are my keys? Where are my socks? Where's my shirt?" Yeah. You know? <laughs> so, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm working on it in that area. Whereas, if he does something, he does. It. That's the way he did it, you know. Great, it's right. not the way that I did it, but he still did it, you know. And that's right. kind of like the perfectionism part I'm talking about too, you know. Right. And I by you know being a high problem solver, um pretty yeah. much you know what I really am. I'm a high problem solver, and I'm an analyze everything. And with with those two, mm-hmm. I have a brutal work ethic sometimes. And right. he is. Brian, I can definitely say is the one, he's the spontaneous one. I was like, okay, come on now, we need a break. I need, (laughs) let's just relax a little bit. And I'm like, are we at this? Are we at 50,000? Are we at 65,000 subscribers? Are we doing this? You know, (laughs) 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 then we can break. But yeah, it's- Where's the love?
0: Where's the love? Like, the charges are gonna come (laughs) back.
1: It's a healthy balance, but it's it's got to be that person. You need to have that one person that helps push and pull when yeah. you want to slow down, because that's when you get that breakthrough. You know, right. like I'm not telling you know, there will be a time when we can take a, a vacation for 30 days now. Work. Does that mean like no work? I know that'll probably never happen. Because as long as you have this handheld computer right here, I can do yeah. everything just careful, about for my be careful handheld. what
0: you say or be careful what you <laughs> wish. Never say
1: never. I, but, I mean, but like I, I'll do it I'm not,
0: I'm not the biggest fan of Justin Beaver. That's that one sign I'm like, well, you got a point. <laughs> you got a point.
1: But until you know, we can vacate for you know 30 days yeah and it's we're on the grind
0: yeah i mean one one weekend out of the month isn't (sighs) that
1: Ooh, one weekend out of the month, one day on a weekend out of the month. Right. I mean, big?
0: right. I mean, start yeah. start wherever you can take one day. Of, I mean, of course, it's like, what do they say? It's like if God had to rest or if God could rest one day after working for six, surely you can. Unless you think you're better than God, like surely you can take one day off. Well, yeah, and it's like so many times. Like, I think Chick-fil-A is kind of the prime example. A lot of people like to use that. Come Sunday, they shut everything down and it's like they're busy every single day of the week like lines wrapped around and around pandemic no pandemic lines just wrap all around
1: You know, it was Sunday at first, but you know, now I realize that I have to just pick that one day and rest. And at first I wasn't doing that. God is like, no, 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 you need to rest the day. You need to learn what my commandments are and I want you to honor those. So I said, okay, I need to, it may not always be on a Saturday or Sunday, but if I can pick that one day,
0: whatever, whatever day it is for you, just honor that day. And it's like another thing someone said, it's like rest doesn't just mean rest from work, but like sometimes. Sometimes you got to take a mental break, because mm-hmm. it's, sometimes we'll, we'll rest from what's going on in our heads. But then we'll, um, we'll, we'll be kind of just juggling all these things in our mind. And it's like thinking is one of the hardest things that there is to do. And if you're always thinking, if your mind's always going, it's like, you're not at risk, you might not be working or actively on that. But like, if you're still thinking about it, if you're still processing it, if you're still actively here, like you, your body might be here, but your mind might be thousand miles away. It's like you're not at rest. And going back to that that book and really focusing on the podcast where I was like, okay, the one thing I need to do is just work on posting to Instagram, learn how to attract a sponsor or attract like an affiliate or some way to monetize the platform. That's what I'll do. And then from there, I was like, okay, well, yeah, the podcast is good. But what about me? Like, what are my goals? What's the one thing I need to do for myself? And I was like, I need to rest. Like, that's what I need to do every day. I need to rest and schedule my rest within my day because I was like, okay, I'm starting a job working the night shift. If I don't rest during the day, I'm trying to do double duty during the day, double duty at night. And it's like, as we know ET, the big thing is grind, 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 grind. But like what I learned for myself is that the work isn't something that I have trouble with. And it's like when you hear a message, regardless of who it's coming from, the message isn't always for you, even though if it can be applied, it's not always for you in that moment. So it's like, you can just sit here eating spoonfuls of like, yep, yeah, gotta work, gotta work, 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 work. But it's like, what are you working to? And then if you're not clear on that, and that's why I say, um, back to what you said, like being authentic and being clear, like when it when you're authentic, when I'm finding myself being me and not trying to replicate ET, it's like, I understand what he's saying. And I see so many people, I guess, kind of try to be copycats or just be another version of him. And it's like, Like that's what he's trying to discourage you from. He's saying be yourself. But it's like if you're just caught up in the glitz and the glamour, that's all you see. And even with the disc, what I was seeing is like, okay, it proves true that he tells you he's a high D and a high I, like doesn't have an aversion to problems and is loves dealing with people. So it's like that's how he presents himself in everything that he does. He has a reason why he does it. He's told you over and over, it's his family, breaking generational curses. What Is he doing, he's educating people. He's a pastor, he's a shepherd. And it's like, if you miss all of that within his messaging, you miss the point, you miss the goal. So it's like going into something, I went into a training thinking that I might be getting something else, but I was like, no, I can't be mad at that because I was told this was what the training was. And that's what the training was. Whether or not the outcome might've been missing parts or whether it's a work in process. It's like, I was told that whether I chose to accept it or not falls on me. And that's where I'm like, okay, like, I understand what I understand. And I can't throw the baby out with the bathwater just because I didn't get what I thought I was supposed to get. Again, back to that making assumptions. It's like, (laughs) when you make assumptions, we're all out here just looking like donkeys. So Most
1: definitely where do you see you know yourself in about a year to two years
0: and what in what way
1: in in regards to your podcast so your social media platforms your presence you know what is your like goal where do you want to be in the next you know one year two years
0: Gotcha. definitely within the next one to two years I see myself um having put out at least 10 times the content that I have currently so if I'm sitting here the coming week is going to be episode number 47 so I would see that being within two years time maybe be at episode 407 or 470. But maybe like that, maybe not like that. But I I see myself growing the following, I'd say to let me think on this, because it's like one other thing I'm working on is really taking the time to listen to what you ask and then also take the time to think and respond rather than just giving off the cuff answer that makes no sense where I'm like, oh, I'm just trying to match what you think you want to hear versus actually answering the question in the way it should be answered. So where do I see myself in one to two years? as it deals with the podcast and the platforms. Mm -hmm. I definitely want the following to increase by a factor of 10 is what I'm thinking. So now, say, if I have 25 YouTube subscribers, I'd like it to grow to 250. But along the way, I want to improve in the quality of what I'm doing to where it continues to attract the right people. So I don't necessarily just want big numbers. I want the podcast to fund itself. That's big goal and um, I wanted to help the people it needs to help and I want to have refined the message to where it's like okay if it's an elevator pitch that needs to be provided have the elevator pitch have 5 minutes 10 minutes whatever it is to where the, co- the conversation and the communication is clear and it's not muddied like I don't want to be in the same place to be like oh 2021 came 2022 came oh man I just decided to check out that year it's like no I want to learn from what I got the last two years and continue to apply those lessons along the way. That's where I see myself in the next year to two years. All right. I love it. That sounds great. Thank you. Sounds great. Uh, One question uh, I have for you as it relates to being in the um, industry as an artist, as a rapper, um, how would you define hype and hustle as it relates to your profession? Like, how do you see it? How have you interacted with it or what part of it do you embrace or kind of sidestep?
1: In regards to, like, Are you asking
0: in in regards as far as becoming a rapper? Like, where is it that you saw? uh, I just realized this. (laughs) I just did this on the last one. Okay, she helped me simplify. Carla helped me simplify the question. What excites you about being a rapper?
1: Okay, wow. Being on stage, just walking, you know, in my gift, being able to share the message, you know, with others, being able to, you know, also talk with other individuals about pursuing their dreams, you know, providing inspiration. You know, to youth about going for whatever it is they want to go go for talking to, you know, groups of them to be able to help them plant those seeds of, of you know, life, pretty much truth and uh, walking in my purpose. That's what I really feel like.
0: Gotcha. Yeah. And, and what doesn't excite you about being a rapper or being in the rap industry?
1: What doesn't excite me? Yes. Hmm. I think putting being, you know, being grouped in as a in a specific genre or wanting to be classified as this, mm. or if you don't do this this way, then you may not be as successful as someone else who may have done it this way.
0: Right. That makes sense. So mm-hmm. so I guess do you get a lot of obviously comparison to another female artist, or is that something you see a lot of where at least from the outside looking in, it always seems that that when a new artist comes up, or whether it's male or female, black or white, like people are always compared. Whether it's with music or even with sports, people are always having the debate of like, is LeBron the greatest, or is Michael Jordan the greatest? Like, is Kobe fit in there, or is it like, what about this guy or that guy? Is it points that we're putting up? Is it rebounds? Is it dunks? Or what are we? What are we talking about? It's it's the reference
1: point. I know people want to have a. They have to have a reference point. I was told this so many years ago. Go So it doesn't really bother me being compared, you know, to other females in the industry. I think, you know, every, I think they're all dope. You know, they come out and they have their own unique style of how they do and what they say and what they feel comfortable with. So, you know, I don't judge any artists for their choice. You know, however, I uh, just don't want to be put in one class, you know, don't want to be classified as this, you know, type of, you know, musician or artist, you know, Mm -hmm. I feel like my music is truth and it's real and what I'm I'm led to do. So what is the category for that? You know what I mean? Mm,
0: Right. right. That's good. So I guess, do you have any new projects coming out 2021 or that you're, you're working through?
1: I am. I am finishing the mixtape and it it will be, the goal is to get this finished mixing June 2nd -hmm quarter and to pick a couple of other songs that I want to do videos for from the mixtape and just, you know, to promote those and start performing some of the songs. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty much already working on a couple of other projects besides the mixtape. I have an OnlyFans Um, project that I want to get out there so I've already recorded one song for that and the video for it is what is the next video I'm going to do I've got to finish recording that project and then I can move on to the next project for OnlyFans and meanwhile Mm -hmm. I'm kind of like already on the mixtape number two you know the engineer and I were talking last weekend he was like I was like man I'm ready to come out and start doing a mixtape number two. He was like, what? I was like, yeah. He was like, <laughs> we're not even finished with mixtape number one. I said, you're right. He's like, don't you hate it that you have to keep rehearsing <laughs> the old stuff, is, which is old to you. Nobody yeah. else has heard this while you're working right. on the new stuff. And I just busted out laughing. I was like, yeah. you know, I don't hate it. But yeah, that's exactly what I've been doing. I've been making sure I'm rehearsing and remembering, you know, that while yeah. I am really gearing up and already started planning the the next the next mix." Got
0: gotcha. it's It's funny when you talked about having um, one project done and working on the next one, you made me think of an artist I kind of become fond of. I, I don't know how he's viewed in the rap industry, per se, because I, I don't pay attention to too much of the politics or whatnot. But um, are you familiar with Logic? I am.
1: I like Logic. He you is do? hard. His lyrics are like fire
0: yeah I I definitely like him because it's one of those I didn't grow up listening to rap but it's something I've come to appreciate over the years like maybe picking up a little bit of it in high school and seeing like the different forms of it and recently even just being introduced to where rap started with um, your Grandmaster Flashes and seeing how it is that what it is that people are saying in the songs and it just not being about the beat and mumbling or this I mean that's what it seems like it is present day but when I hear people say that I'm like, oh, OK, like you didn't take the time to search out anything good in there. You just heard what was like being played on the radio. And it's like, yeah, I would, I would turn off a lot of things if I just heard what was on the radio. And I did turn it off. But <laughs> then I shut the radio off altogether, got like a Spotify account and just started searching. Obviously, it's like linked to Facebook and things like that. So friends are always sharing what they're listening to. Or you ask people, hey, who who is that? Or you hit the Shazam app and it's like, oh, OK, like this is this artist, like you hear a lot of oldies but goodies like mm-hmm. to give you a, a uh, idea of my playlist or I guess music background it's like I, th- I think I started listening to uh, why am I blanking on him jazz musician from Louisiana Louis Armstrong okay so it's like I started listening to him a little bit more like I'd heard it started heard some of his music in the past but then having it cataloged I was like oh wow like, I can go through and hear it and then hearing different artists like J. Cole Logic mm-hmm. um, Drake um, different people like that even Cardi beat. Like I heard the first album based off of what I heard E.T. say something. And I was like, that's something he kind of also helped me with when he makes references to certain songs. Like, I was like, okay, I'll go check it out and see what I can get from it. Maybe I'll just try my best to find the clean version because I was like, I don't know about all that. <laughs> <other stuff.
1: laughs> Mm-hmm. But, i'm sure she's got some clean versions too you know
0: yeah. and <laughs> Most and that's the thing it's like you can find it if you look for it and i know a couple of people have been upset maybe if they're riding with me and they're just like Where, where's where's the swearing? where's the cuss words and i was like it's not there there's like you, sh- you should play this like that's r-. i was like well when you drive you play what you want when i drive <laughs> i get to play what i want
1: right right i love it
0: but oh well i guess that wasn't really a question about logic but i, I was just curious what you're take is on it because um, I've heard a few people just be like well obviously race always comes into the mix of it with him being mixed but I guess looking more white and black and whenever I hear people say that I'm like I feel like you're missing the point like if you can't judge someone's um, product or creation based on their content and what they're providing then you're being like I don't think you're being fair or true but every to each his own like everyone has the right to believe what they want to believe but at least for me I know that's that's kind of like a non-starter conversation if it's just like well this guy's just a white rapper it's like okay and i guess well yeah that's a great observation Yes. so I'm going to go listen to them anyways, but you listen to what you want to listen to. And if we have a shared interest, like we'll, we'll do that.
1: I think uh, music is universal. You, you know, there is no color for me when it comes to music. It's all about the energy of the artist. It's all about, you know, if I can resonate with some of their music, you know, what I, how I feel that they may be their energy, you know, maybe, but pretty much is what they're saying. I'm a lyric person. I always have been. So I'm going to listen to what they're saying. You know, the beat, you listen to the beat, but what they say is what catches me first. And then I zoom into the beat, you know, because I don't care what you're saying. I don't care how hard, how hard the beat is. I'm not going to listen to it. Right. You know, yeah. yeah, color doesn't matter to me when it comes to music. I, I could care less. I want to know, you know, what you're talking about, how mm-hmm. hard your beats are, you know, is your yeah. energy, you know, great? Is this your experiences? You know, are these experiences that you shared, you know, because a lot of, you know, from the person as an artist and then the person as the, behind the artist, it's yeah. a little different there. You know what I mean? So right. who is the person behind the artist? Is this really you? You know what I mean? Right. On, a, on a regular day. I think about those things too, you know, yeah. but
0: a lot yeah. of people have been found out. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I don't, you know, I don't care. You didn't
0: live that life. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Right. (laughs) I think who was it recently? Was it 21 Savage last year or something where it's like there was news that he was being deported to England. And it's like a lot of his stuff is talking about being from Atlanta, being um, just having a certain persona. I mean, not to say that, obviously, if you're from England, if you claim to be having lived in the ghettos, like it doesn't matter what country, what city, wherever you find yourself, there are ghettos, there are palaces. Is there? It's a little bit of everything that,
1: that's true, and I think I, I don't really know much about his story, but from what I remember, I believe he was born there, but he grew up a lot, you know, over here. You know, mm-hmm. for the most part, he he was kind of brought up over here to I like 21 Savage, right? right. Yeah, I, like I, 21
0: I wasn't, I didn't mean to pick on him, but I guess maybe that was a bad example of someone <laughs> no, because no, it's no like people go ahead.
1: I was gonna say, no worries, I, I understand where you were trying to go with it all
0: gotcha. because I know, um, my knowledge of, of rap artists isn't that vast, so as I'm trying to think of something, I'm probably picturing something I heard someone else say, or some... So it must have, again, lost in translation or something, that's just like telephone, like, I heard a guy say something else about another guy, said something about another guy, which none of that might be true, but I have heard in the past of people that claim to have been thugs or grew up a certain way, and it's like, they might... um, Well, I guess a better example might have been Takashi... What do you say his name? The kid with the rainbow and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. I don't even want to repeat it because it seems like every time people just talk about him, it gives more publicity and stuff to where I'm like, okay, if you don't want to give more publicity to something, don't talk about it. Don't mention Mm -hmm. it. Just act like it's not there and keep going. But everyone's like, Oh, like you came out Of this new song But it's one of those Where it's like He talked a lot of stuff In the videos Essentially became a snitch In a place where it's like You don't do that And I think he had to Kind of pay the repercussions For it Which was, okay You're going to jail Or, well, I guess If you do the thing You said you weren't Going to do You get out Or something like that It's either here Nor there
1: I um I don't really listen To much of his music But I, um you know We've reacted to several You know, of his uh, songs And he has some pretty You know, hard beats. Mm -hmm. Uh, Lyrically, you know, I'm not really a fan, you know. However, he's an artist and, you know, why people do the things that they do, you know, we'll never truly know. I think everybody has a history. We all have past and why we've done some of the things that we've done, you know, in our lifetimes. You know, if we had been operating with more self-knowledge, from a mm. positive perspective we probably would have made different decisions as well but i really right. want to say for me overall music is universal and i don't care where the person comes from or what mm. their ethnic background is if we can right. you know we have great energy together and we can create um you know let's do it and gotcha. you know i'm feeling your stuff meaning the content and what you're talking about and it doesn't all have to be what i'm talking about i just still right. got to it you know right right
0: that makes sense i guess I, have you um in your time in music have you done any uh what's the word like working with someone else
1: collaborations yeah yeah i have i have done several things with artists you know in atlanta and I'm actually just met a young lady on Instagram, and we are, you know, kind of just getting to know each other, but you know, hopefully working on um, for some, on um, towards some collaborations, you know, pretty <laughs> soon. And I think she's gonna hop on my Fuego Friday with me, so I'm really, okay. really yeah, yeah, I'm really interested about that. I have a couple of songs that premiered um, on a movie soundtrack. Um, Year, you know, many years ago as yeah. well. So I said, I have to really like hone in on my bio and really dig deep. You know, I'm not a person that really likes to name drop. So mm-hmm. I don't, I really don't do that. And right. when, I, when it's time for me to say I'm working with this person, trust me, I'm definitely there, but right. I just, you know, I'm pretty reserved on those lines while things are still in the mix but and there are so many artists out there that I really want to work with. And however, I have quite a few people on my vision board. And I said, okay, guy, if I have somebody up on my vision board that does not match my energy or is, is higher than my energy in a positive way, let me know so I can take them down. Because mm-hmm. I was on a clubhouse listening. And one of the experts in the room was saying, you know, you in no matter what industry in, you want to be able to connect with those people who have this, who match your energy right. or are vibrating higher. And you want to get up to their energy. You know, that's, those are the people that I want to work with. And I know Pharrell is like that. Nikki yeah. um, on her, um, on her Instagram live or one of her podcast series, she talked about Pharrell and I watched it and I thought it was so dope because she said mm-hmm. that he was saying how it's not just about being a superstar or a great artist it's about what can he gain from you you know what what are you vibing with how can he relate and how can y'all connect and i was like that's the dopest that's what i want
0: awesome i guess Whenever I, I think of rap nowadays, I think of uh, Tobe Nwagwe. Mm-hmm. Like having met him the first time I went to um, one of Et's conferences and seeing like how far he's come since then, and just seeing like the work they put in and just continue to do do it consistently. I'm like, wow, that, that's something to appreciate. And and um, not needing to, to name drop or whatnot. But whenever someone is just like, oh, rap is this or rap is that, I'm like, here, listen to Tobe for a minute because it's being able to put it out there and accept to where people can get it through obviously like your Spotify's YouTube and things like that and seeing like the the intention behind it and just like that that creativeness I was like wow I can really appreciate that and for anyone that's not interested in listening I'm like well I don't need to convince you like it's your right to feel however you feel but um I know at least for me I don't need to accept the stories that everyone likes to tell themselves because every time I think I, I used to I saw this quote somewhere once but it was like every time someone someone says it can't be done they're always interrupted by somebody that's doing it and I was like again back to the thing that you were just saying about the energy to get um, you have to be if you want to attract the people that are at a certain level you have to become that first And I guess something similar um, is like if you get a million dollars best you become a millionaire quickly and I guess maybe some people don't get that that it's not the things you get but it's it's who you are and what you become Mm -hmm. before you get them and once you you have them you either get to keep it or you're quickly gonna lose it that's why a lot of people that hit the lottery very long very soon after they it's all gone because it's like they weren't millionaires to begin with mentally right and
1: mm-hmm. yeah i agree and toby inigui inigui Inig- yeah. Inig- right
0: i think it's yeah well it's close I, I'm, okay. I'm probably gonna butcher it as well so
1: he is on yeah. my vision board most definitely and um gotcha. yeah i i truly love his artistry his lyrics all of that good stuff for sure yeah
0: some reason, I thought I was thinking of somebody else earlier, but it must, I think it slipped my mind. Anyways. No worries. But, okay. So you said you're working on a project that should be out come June?
1: June. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. And the I next think... there, I want the OnlyFans content. I'm going to be focused, you know, on that and continuously right. uploading, you know, videos to YouTube. It's so gotcha. much. It's so much. I know, right. you know that I, it's a team, you know, I'm, I'm yeah. doing the work of a team and it's okay until I continue to attract the right a team. team. Right, right. Right. You know, label, because I would like, you know, t- um distribution with the right label. You right. Know?
0: So, um, oh, gotcha. That's something I was going to ask you since going through um, music for as long as you've gone through it. Are you still considering a label or are you seeking to go like the independent route and just bet on yourself and continue to just put things out bit by bit?
1: And the independent route for sure. But I would like, you know, to have, you know, someone else also see something worthy to, you know, help, you know, boost the project. And I think the more that I learn about it Mm -hmm. and how it's, how everything, one, you know, footprint goes to the next footprint, all that, you know, how that works together. It may seem a little easier, but it's so much stuff to do it as an independent artist. And there Mm -hmm. is, you know, I don't have a map. There's a book called Everything You Need to Know About the Music Industry by Donald Passman. It's called like the Bible of the industry. And, right. you know, I I have that as a pretty much a guy from the business side of it. And even the business side of it is, you know, a part that I kind of do last because it takes away the creativity about making sure the stuff is copywritten and making sure my stuff is, you know, with BMI. And then, you know, all that good stuff is mm. the business side. But Right. I just feel like God is leading me. That's who I'm getting led by, you know, honestly. And it seems to be, you know, working thus far, even though I know in order to get to be a worldview, and that's Mm -hmm. what God is. He told me he was a worldview. To be a worldview, I know I'm going to need some support. Mm -hmm. It's just no way because the people who are the experts in these areas, that's what, that's the support that I need because it would go more smooth. It would be a lot, you know, easier in the aspect of, okay, this, you do this thing first, you can, then you can do this thing. And then this thing happens because right now. just doing you know pretty much everything i know i needed to have the content because i stepped away for so long i didn't have any content so people didn't if you didn't know me from 10 years five years ago you would have never known I rap according Mm -hmm. to social media but people who always knew me as that so coming on social media when i started there was no social media Mm -hmm. so coming into the age of getting back into it there's social media i had to make the presence known on social media that oh you know so getting the content, I didn't have any content. So now I felt like, okay, I, I have a really, really good project. Now I feel like I can make some noise, you know, or at least get some ears, you know, open right. and continue to build, you know, from there. Doing mm-hmm. performances. I'm really ready to do a show. So I've been working, you know, hard on that, yeah. but it I'm running, I'm running, I feel like I'm running a a team over here of about, you know, doing things of about five or six to 10 people, but I just, being that high problem solver and, you know, high air traffic controller or how, you know, we do things, I -hmm. just plan, listen to God, pray and yeah. do it. And I know that along the way. People may give me suggestions and some tips about some things. But other than that, it's still me pretty much mapping this thing
0: out here. Gotcha. Cool. I mean, is a team something you want now? I know you mentioned wanting that, like the platform or someone that's like higher up But like having a team, say like peer level to where somebody planning, like although you have the ability to like plan your day, plan your week, plan out your month, like having somebody as like an assistant that really is like, man, I really dig what you do. I like your message. Is that something that you're seeking or something you're open to?
1: Almost definitely. Team, so far as a team, it would be, you know, that... That um your manager, that entertainment lawyer, you know, that producer, that NR, A&R, those people who are with you that are really helping your that PR person, that I know gotcha. is what I really need, as well as an assistant, another social media, you know, person, someone to mm-hmm. edit videos, all that gotcha. good stuff.
0: So okay. for sure. I, I had I just wanted to ask that because I was like, Well, I mean, of course somebody's gonna see this in the future. And if, if they see it, if it resonates with them, let them know like, okay, yeah, reach out and see um where it goes essentially so long as like you said the energies match and they're genuine in their approach to be themselves so Is like definitely don't want anybody with ulterior motives just be like like the like the soundcloud bot is talking about like oh hey i can blow this up hey i can put you in i can hey, do all this you. like this is like Okay, calm down. Go back and listen first to what you said you listened right. to, what you didn't really listen to.
1: Yeah. I, and, you know, someone to really be on top of their game, you know, someone who's like an expert at what they do. They're yeah. really great at it. And gotcha. they're, they're, they're current, they're doing it. You know what I mean? They still have those relationships and we are a perfect perfect match or almost a perfect match you know
0: nice so i guess where um where would someone find all your your um project that's coming out or where would they like follow you on a day-to-day whether it's the reactions whether it's the music whether it's like your personal um on,
1: on all the platforms i'm snapper real every day in some hmm. form of fashions instagram is snapper real every day facebook's the same thing um youtube is snapper red tv we're seba and Snapper on uh YouTube as well. And then Life Placebo and Snapper. Mm, Let's
0: see okay.
1: what else. TikTok, Snapper Reel Every Day, or Snapper Red. Yeah. Gotcha. There's so many okay. platforms. And I was just sitting here thinking it's another platform that I need to get on now. <laughs> but my main energy 2021 yeah. is really going to be YouTube.
0: Yeah. Definitely keep that keep that there because it's like hey, YouTube can do a lot. And like you were saying earlier, you can always chop it up and repurpose the content. And it doesn't always have to be done. Right here, right now, because um, I'm sure followings have been built in fewer time and over. Um, I guess timing isn't always well, timing is a factor, but I think where you're at with putting your focus on just the YouTube and really pushing for that will drive big results. And I like. I was wondering about red, like what it meant, because I see it on on your name. It says Snap Red, and I was like, I wonder what that means, like, because I assumed it was the red hair, but you said real every day, so I, I'm guessing that's what it stands for. Mm-hmm. Yes, gotcha. It speaks again to your authenticity.
1: Yep, most
0: definitely. Well, I mean, I keep you too long. I appreciate you taking the time and working with me through the technical difficulties, Uh, figure out what's going on on this end, get the equipment to work right. But it was a pleasure chatting with you. Hope to um, have another conversation down the line. I'll send you this um, raw file so you can kind of view it, see what you like, see if you want anything kind of cut, or even if you want to record anytime in the future, just let me know, and I'm always open to have a conversation.
1: Most definitely. Can I take a picture? Of course. Okay.
0: Oh, do I need to do the, uh, um, what do you call it, like gallery view? Thing. Does that is that work?
1: Uh, yeah, either way, I'm, I'm okay. Yeah, however you want to do it. Okay. Are you ready? Yep. One, two, three. Let's see. Okay, perfect. It worked out? Yeah, it did.
0: Cool. Awesome.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This was awesome. Keep doing what you're doing. You're doing great. You know, you'll look up and then you'll have a gazillion episodes, <laughs> you know, and you'll have a large following and people will be sending you messages, letting you know, Know, you know, of all of the things that how you were able to, how they got a nugget or two or three, you know, jewels from your podcast and, you know, just helping people stay encouraged to keep doing what they do. And these are the occurrences, the experiences for me. That continue to let me know I'm walking in what I'm supposed to be walking in. You know, someone who's, you know, out there, I didn't know you and you didn't know me, but you found some type of value in, you know, what we do on reaction and my music and whatnot and decided, you know, hey, let me reach out. And I'm like, okay, you know, this is really cool. So just keep doing what you're doing. So it's there de- is definitely, you know,